Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's International Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to the Chief Investment Office Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. I'm Sarah Stabler, standing in for Stuart Haslam, and I'm here in Singapore speaking with Stephanie Holtzer-Jen, our Chief Investment Officer for Private Bank in APAC. Stephanie, welcome. Uh, Yesterday, we saw the ECB uh, surprise with the 50 bips uh, rate hike. How is that setting us up for next week's uh, FOMC meeting in the US on Wednesday? And what should we be thinking about in the week ahead? Yes, exactly. So so the ECB's uh, rate hike was really a stark reminder how central banks globally have accelerated the pace of rate hikes. You know, the ECB was able to surprise us so have a few other central banks over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks. So um, that is uh, is a good segue uh, looking into next week, which will be all about the FOMC, which has already been accelerating and being very aggressive uh, to start with. So we get that meeting on Wednesday and the consensus is now for the Fed to hike by 75 basis points, which is also largely in line with what the market is pricing after there were previous um, ideas of maybe that could be accelerated up to 100. But then we have seen uh, long-term inflation expectations uh, from University of Michigan, et cetera, uh, being already revised down. So this is uh, is much more of a realistic uh, outcome. So we're looking at the fourth consecutive hike this year then and uh, lifting Fed funds rate to a target range of 225 to 250, which is then a level that according to the long-term estimates of the FOMC members, could be considered as would be considered as neutral territory, i.e., is no longer stimulating the economy. So that's uh, that's uh, we're getting then in in very interesting territory. And as we know, um, the Fed is likely to focus primarily on labor market dynamics going forward. So um, fearing that the wage price spiral is developing uh, further and then exacerbating the inflation problem. Um, and so far, there have only been a few signs of easing. But an interesting part I want to mention here is that over the last uh, one and a half weeks of U.S. earnings releases, we have actually gotten a few indicators from companies that they are adjusting its hiring. So, for instance, uh, some examples, Microsoft said it was eliminating many job openings. Google is pausing hiring for the next couple of weeks. Goldman plans to slow hiring. So, um, you know, obviously we only get the new non-farm payroll report for July, the week after we get uh, the FOMC. But I think, um, you know, looking at how um, Powell will advise the market as to how the future rate path could look like and the evaluation of the data that is coming in, maybe that's something to, to look out for already, especially as that U.S. earnings season is is continuing to be in full swing still. So the coming week, we have 177 companies of the S&P 500 providing their second quarter final numbers. So names like Exxon, T-Mobile, Caterpillar, P&G, et cetera. And also on the US data side, um, look out for second quarter GDP on Thursday, um, which, um, you know, doesn't look, like it in terms of what the forecasts are on but you know another negative quarter remains a possibility and then actually we would have two consecutive negative quarters showing that the U.S. could already be in recession again that number isn't 
looking to be that negative, but um, something to look out for. And then on Friday, the core PCE deflator um, is likely to have accelerated on a monthly basis in June. Um, so, so a lot of things uh, to take into account for the US next week. Uh, it is. It's a huge week, actually, isn't it? I mean, w when we look across the Atlantic and we've seen um, the, the, the heat wave of summer hitting Europe and, and the energy um, sector, what's your uh, assessment of, of how uh, Europe is, is set up for next week? Yeah, Europe, to start with, uh, going into the coming week, um, we had a bit of a relief, of course, uh, on the back of uh, the ECB. You mentioned in the beginning, actually, the ECB was in focus because they really delivered an iconic move. Um, now they uh, um, they interest rates by 50 basis points um, and they unveiled a novel bond purchase program. So that's called Transmission Protection Instrument, TPI, to counter, and I, uh, um, you know, I... Uh, um, the way they phrase it, to counter unwarranted disorderly market dynamic that pose a serious threat to the transmission of monetary policy in the EU area. So, so um, um, that gave some reassurance as to how the ECB will be able to um, tackle the inflation problem um, going forward. And then, of course, we had news that Nord Stream um, supply supply have resumed, uh, you know, only at the around the capacity it was before around forty percent. But nevertheless, it's you know uh, been a bit of a relief uh, on the varies that we had for Europe. There will be um, um, you know in the week ahead a lot of earnings coming out as well. So the European earnings season has started uh, already this week. But you know you look at the stocks uh, six hundred. Uh, almost 200, 199 to be exact companies will report earnings um, for last quarter um, coming week. And um, so we will get some real economy advice as to how do they navigate this kind of challenging environment, uh, including the heat wave, uh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, uh, it's, it will be also an important week in terms of data is not that busy. We have on Friday only a provisional data for July um, that will likely show a further rise in CPI on year and um, second quarter GDP uh, likely to be flat. So it's more the earnings that I will look at because it will give us that reality check um, on how this challenging environment uh, is impacting the outlook for these companies, absolutely. Okay, thank you. I mean, you touch on um, navigating this challenging environment. Well, sitting here in Asia, how how um, how do you see the Asian markets reacting to the news in the U the um, sentiment in the US and and news out of Europe? And what should um, investors in this region be thinking about for the week ahead? Yeah. Well, the, the global headwinds, and that is actually, um, I, I think, is the most important headline for, for us here in Asia as well. It remains to be seen how the global headwinds can be overcome with the uh, domestic setup of, uh, of the economies here. And unfortunately, over the last, you know, kind of one and a half weeks, we had a refocus that was quite uh, negatively affecting risk sentiment for us here because it refocused on the problems of the Chinese property market and also 
the um, with the heightened uh, alerts around COVID, um, around the challenges of the zero COVID core policy that uh, um, are still there for China, and that of course reflects on the rest of the region. So when it comes to the property markets, uh, varies. We have already seen, and you know, just just. Uh, to give this the right uh, backdrop, we are having um, um, a um, uh, the problems that the consumers don't want to repay mortgages, not because they are not having enough of uh, um, um, balance sheet and money to do this. It's really they are hesitant to repaying uh, mortgages on developments that were not finished or have been stalled. And um, so, of course, that is an angle that the government can tackle um, to resolve the problem in terms of, you know, injecting liquidity into developers' projects, uh, helping maybe uh, with the mortgage holidays uh, from a banking perspective. And we have seen the government come out actually tackling this already. Um, also, you know, um, uh, Almost on a daily basis, we're getting information. Um, I'm just thinking about, for instance, the banking regulator also came out and said they will provide loans to developers to complete complete these delayed residential projects, etc. You know, there's many different ways that this kind of crisis can be tackled, and um, the government could also come in and uh, buy back some of the. Uh, land, for instance, to inject uh, liquidity to developers. So manifold ways uh, of tackling this, and we think that is very much also um, part of the agenda that the government has set themselves in terms of the social agenda that they set out. And obviously, um, it is an it is a sector in the market that we already knew will be challenged and continues to be so. But it shouldn't be dragging down overall sentiment to the extent we see right now. So we hope that this is getting resolved very soon and um, that the focus will go back to uh, the underlying story, which is one of a all bite one and off, uh, um, you know, because of the COVID challenges, but a one and off, one on and off kind of reopening of the economy that will also have a positive impact into the region. And we have seen this, for instance, um, this week already with the uh, export data we saw here in the region, the whole region benefits from the China reopening. Uh, going into next week, um, data from Asia uh, are not that manifold. We have industrial production data out of South Korea, Taiwan, and Singapore. Um, so they may still uh, indicate some slowing manufacturing activity. Um, but again, um, you know, the bigger problem to solve is really in terms of sentiment for the region around the property varies and uh, how COVID is uh, being brought up under control. Fantastic. Thank you, Stephanie. As always, it is so terrific to hear your Asia investment insights. Um, so thank you very much. Um, look forward to talking to you again. And next week, Stuart Haslam will return. Um, so we wish um, all our listeners a very happy, happy summer break if, if, if you're going on holidays. Um, but that's, that's it for this week. Um, thank you very much and we'll talk to you again soon. This podcast may be considered marketing material. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise and you might not get back the amount you originally invested. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, 
ECB, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority, BaFin, and by Germany's central bank, Deutsche Bundesbank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated, a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2021 Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.